I think we should pitch a live stream game on public radio. Yeah, maybe it's a podcast. I can't see people doing that live. <laughs> you have Why to not? Me out. I don't think these take any editing, so we just slap <laughs> them right up there, if I understand correctly. No labor goes into it at all. I just got a new rule book. Oh my god, the Faith No More? Yes. Yes. Is this the Faith No More RPG? Yes, yes. This could be a nice bit of nostalgia for a certain generation. Yes. <laughs> and that certain generation would be us. Yes, us. <laughs> I. I'm not quite sure what a Faith No More RPG entails, but... I'm no not idea. sure that's yet, the, either. That's the weirdest thing. But it'll be epic. I'm waiting for the Christopher Cross RPG. <laughs> I've already got the air supply. Oh, there you go, yeah. <laughs> okay, roll to make love out of nothing at all. Quickly, yep. we must roll. Oh, no, I'm all out of love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And then everybody, everybody introduces themselves as, here I am, the one that you love, <laughs> asking for another play. I think we have our, I think our work is cut out for us. All right. Oh, so. Shall we? Yes. Let us embark. Let us. We left off last week. You were all at the Tagalin Covenant and a knight showed up at the gates. A knight by the name of William St. John or William Sinjin, claiming to be from the Advis Per Veritas Covenant. And they had fallen to a mysterious plague. And the founders of Tagalin had instructed you to form a rescue slash mercy mission party and head out and make the six to seven day journey to the town of Whitchurch and try and help assist and rebuild your brothers and sisters covenant to the northeast of you i basically decided to leave it to yourselves as to what grogs you would bring how your party would be composed we're assuming you have horses and wagons and sufficient food to keep you supplied for about two weeks so not even enough to go there and back no I mean, we're not. Well, do you have enough to go there and back? Ick, you can have enough to go there and back. You said it was oh. about a seven day journey, right? Yeah, so it was like two, no, just two weeks. Enough. Oh, you said two weeks. No, two I said weeks. it was a seven day journey, so there and back. So if you, if you, if you didn't do anything, if, you if you didn't do anything, would be two weeks. You know, it's not very important mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned. We can just, uh, I'm not going to, we're not going to track, track rations. your rations. Right. So, what can you tell me about? Uh, I mean, are we overland? Is it a road? Yes, you would mostly be following roads. And are these roads, are there are there farmsteads every so often? Do we see a couple a day, or is it pretty pretty desolate? Yes, you do, but after about five days, you start to move up into a, a more of a mountainous region. And as you move upwards through the mountains you begin to see no more farmsteads or signs of civilization and at the head i don't know who is at the head of your party alwyn would would be up front luke i would be nearly up would probably be close to the front william st john would also be um 
up there, too. It's a lot of front. In that case, I suppose Blue Guy would watch our rear. Um, and that's where our Luen would be, too. I feel like mine would both be in the middle, yeah. William has still um, shown no signs of any sickness since you've set out. While you were traveling one night while you were camped, he did impart to you the last will and testament of the last leader of the Advis Per Veritas Covenant. It's a very, very long. I'm going to read it for the benefit of anyone listening. Don't be silly. Nobody listens. As with everything in this game, there's a lot. There's a lot of writing, and there's a lot to take in in this one. So, being the last will, testament, and general epistle of Boniface Silver, Magus Proctor of Covenant Advis Per Veritas. Easy for me to say. <laughs> Our covenant is indeed a small one, and I myself am a poor man. I have little to leave my followers but the covenant itself. However, I will say what I can and give what I can. To my successor as Proctor, congratulations. And to my fellow Magi, farewell. I know I leave Advis Perveritas in secure hands. I wish that my successor as Covenant leader should receive my sanctum at Middle Ditch Pools. I wish that all others should have the benefit of my advice. In a time when so many Covenants have given themselves to internal feuding, I am proud to say that Advis Perveritas has not. I have, perhaps, offended many in my tenure. Nevertheless, I think that I can honestly say that I have improved the Covenant. Several of our Magi have left, but those who remain are the best, the truest, and the ones who can cooperate with each other. I am accused of driving the brothers' van from this Covenant. Upon my death, I invite them to return. Both were competent Magi and honest men. It simply happened that they considered me a rival, for reasons I do not fully comprehend. When I became leader of this covenant, both pronounced many times their hatred for me. I did not feel I could lead two who despised me so thoroughly, nor did I wish to make them serve under one they loathed. Therefore I sent them into exile, but even as they departed I told them that they would one day be free to return. Folk have said that I treated the Magus Gilbert harshly. I chastised Gilbert because he was by far the best of us. As our most skilled Magus, he had the greatest responsibility to our covenant. As the uncle to our baron, he must have felt the temptation to seize temporal power. You were proud, Gilbert, proud, angry, and often rude. But you are a great Magus and have trained your apprentice well. Use your power wisely. Tyrus, you have almost been a son to me. However, you are too soft-hearted. At times, Amagus must hurt feelings and judge harshly. Furthermore, Amagus must always power before life. You have been too generous with your time and have given far too much of it to lonely old men like myself. From now on, hoard every spare moment you gain. I have enjoyed your company, but I would rather you had devoted all your attention to magic. If you had, you would surely be my successor. Caralta, you wound me. Although we oft agree in council, never once have you stood by my side. Even when the Van brothers departed, you leapt to their defence, and we have not ceased to argue. Please, upon my death, let this grudge subside. Dedrick, I know you as faithful and pure, and I believe that you would give your very life for your apprentice. My heart is with you, Magus. May your dearest ambition come true. May Luke exceed you in every way. 
Boniface Silber. Wow. Yeah. Where did yeah, you I got a <laughs> lot more shit talk into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is what my will is going to read like. Yeah. Here's how you have all disappointed me. I would ask William, who mentioned in this will died at the Covenant? Did Diedrich and Luke, did they die at the Covenant or are they somewhere else? He says that there was so much chaos and confusion in the days and weeks following the outbreak of the plague that many of the Magi fled in all directions. He said that Tyrus was hastily elected interim leader before they left the covenant. And Tyrus, he says, led a delegation into Whitchurch in the hope of speaking with the Baron and maybe seeking refuge for the Magi behind the walls of the Baron's castle. And that was Gilbert's nephew, correct? Is the Baron, yes. Okay. And when he set out to do that, he instructed Tyrus, this is, instructed William St. John to head west to the Covenant of Tagalan and try and raise aid. He tells you that there was just massive confusion after the plague. He mentions hearing explosions from deep within the Covenant of Advis Perveritas. Wow. Is Middleditch Pools like a known place? Yes, he's aware of Middleditch Pools. They're located in the same valley as Whitchurch. Okay. What about the Brothers Van? They were exiled. Does anybody know where they last were rumored to be? He's not privy to that information. He's essentially, you know, he is a, he's a mundane. Mm -hmm. And he's basically, his duty was protecting the Covenant and basically, you know, that was his thing. He was not involved in the day-to-day internal runnings by any means. Okay. Does anybody have anything else? Oh, maybe he would know this. He was saying he drove away a lot of Magi. No, was it, was it just the vans? I think it was just the vans, yes. It's just the vans. Yeah, just the vans. They were the only ones exiled. So he wouldn't know how long ago that happened. I was figuring if there was a mass exodus, he would... He would not even be able to read this document to tell you that. Well, no, if I asked him, hey, when did a lot of Makai leave, that... No, he wouldn't be privy yeah. to that. Okay. All right, so when we get there, do we want to start going Start by going to the Covenant or go to the Baron and see if they've successfully found refuge there? The Covenant's, like, on the way, right? Maybe. <laughs> Because if they went one way to the Baron and he went the uh, other way to us, in theory, we'd pass by the Covenant. Yeah, that's true. That first. makes sense. How worried are we about this? the plague? We don't have any protection against it that I know of. It sounds like magic didn't do any good. No, magic did not do them any good at all. We I found the old Viking-era thing about some weird herb that we yeah, don't the have bitter cane. or know what it is. Yeah, Bitter cane, whatever the hell that is. So... Shall I take you out of the mountains? Sure. All right. Yeah. Again, I don't know what your um, wagon train consists of, so that's really up to yourselves to decide. I assume you've got a, a cook. I assume you've got several shield grogs. It's traditional to have, like, at least one shield grog per magus. So they're what? They're four mages, right? So yeah. let's assume four shield grogs. And I figure we're going to need... teamsters. Uh, yep, teamsters, exactly. Two wagons, right? Yeah. As many wagons as you need, within reason, two or three. 
I think mm-hmm. two would be plenty. So four mm-hmm. teamsters, uh, probably a couple kids to feed horses. We'll bring along the two shield grogs from the previous adventure. Okay, so you've traveled for six days and six nights. And on the dawn of the seventh day, you start to descend out of the mountains and into a large valley. It's gotten noticeably colder and vegetation has become much more sparse as you move through the mountains. But as you start to descend back into this valley, you start to see forests open up to the the west and east of you and you follow the road starts to descend down into this valley and there's just an early morning fog over most of everything but as you descend down into the valley you start to see some small farm buildings appear on the road before you and as you approach it's just a cluster of peasant huts and the pastures around them are just full of weeds. They've just, they don't seem like they've been maintained recently at all. And the weeds just extend to the forests all around them. You follow the road through these buildings and they're just located to either side of you. And you don't hear any people and there do not appear to be any immediate signs of life around. Except for the buzzing of flies. Hmm. All right, Niall's kind of like starting to get into all of this as a mystery. So he wants to investigate to see if this town has been, a village has been affected by the plague. Does it smell corpsey? It doesn't smell great. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's the 13th century. I think pretty much Hmm. everything smells kind of corpsey. Well, honestly, if they've been gone for long enough for weeds to come up, it might Hmm. smell a lot better. Yeah. It doesn't smell corpsey per se, but it is, you know, unusually quiet. A little too quiet? It appears kind of just abandoned, basically. Well, we can't just leave it here abandoned. It's essentially just a collection of hovels, and then there's there's one barn towards the end of the group of hovels. So, Niall, you said he wanted to... He's very curious about this and wants to investigate. Uh, he'll follow procedure and take a shield grog with him, though. Or, or or we can all go toward the village. I mean, we have to go through it, basically, it looks like. Yeah, why are we splitting up? Don't do that. Yeah, I say split the party. I'm going to send my magpie on ahead. Have him do a fly around. Nice. I mean, you don't. you guys don't understand what he's saying, but Bertram does. Or thinks he does. So, who's taking action here? I know Niall is, uh, Bertrand is. I mean, are I we think taking the... specific action, or are we just kind of, we're just kind of taking our party in, right? Yeah, I think the whole caravan is kind of heading in. Niall will yeah. move up toward the front, though, and look for clues. Okay, you're on the road in the middle of, of this collection of hovels and farm buildings. Okay. Uh, there are no bodies out in the street here? No. Okay. The barn you mentioned, is it like wide open or sealed up? The doors are closed and barred. Anybody's companion here, like a tracker or good with like, how, oh, my sister is, right? Lugai is, is very good with this. I mean, she's more gentlewoman thief. Yeah. I mean, do we want to go in? Because that's easy enough to accomplish. She can douse something if you want me to douse something. I have dousing. Well, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see, like, is was there a mass exodus and there's like a path of people running out or carts of the dead being that, you know, tracks of that being drug out or 
I guess, yeah, we could start looking in the buildings. Somebody want to crack the barn open? I can do better than that. Simon can just cast a little spell and just bend the door open. These are all wooden things, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's not a problem. Alwyn's like, I can do better than that and get Spall of the Missile <laughs> Flame ready. Yeah, right, of course. <laughs> we'll so, take care of this village in no time. So, yeah, there's past the unyielding portal, which I there's no chance mm. for me to fail. So any any building we want to go in, we can just open it. Do it. That's freaking sweet. What's this first one? The barn. The barn strikes me as interesting. I don't know. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and just go into the barn. Creek, crunch, <laughs> and we go. Are you casting your spell or what are you doing? Yeah, but this is not a stressful situation, so I oh, should just be target? able to pass it. The target is is five, oh. and I have a I, I have a plus ten bonus as it is. And where are you in relation to the barn? Uh, you know, a few feet from the door. I'm trying to affect. Are you in front of the door? Sure. Okay. The... <laughs> he's All really right. setting it up like something's going to come no, charging. He's not. Yeah. Really, he's not he, you know, it's weird are, when you know. You, these you, are very specific where's, questions. Where's the fun when you when you can say, "Oh, I can't fail at this spell," and then you just you, it's really anticlimactic when you announce this spell and then don't even cast it. So yeah, okay. Would you like to hear the effects of past the unyielding portal? Of course. Oh well, let's go look it up. These are fun. <laughs> Uh, that I mean, is Crayo Hairbomb. It's the best part of this game. It's true. I mean, I love the title of these spells. So let's see. Let's go find them. Past the Unyielding Portal. Makes the wood of a door pliable, allowing the magus to bend it open regardless of locks or bars. Ooh, that's perfect. Well, it's not It's not locked. It's just, it's. it's got these two heavy oak oh. doors, and then they're just, you know, it's got a wooden... Cross oh, I thought the, I thought, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I thought, thought you it was meant, like hard from the inside. Okay. Yeah, no, no, yeah. No, oh, okay, never mind. There's no reason <laughs> to even use a spell. That's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking my ball of abyssal flame and. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, can we have a couple of the grogs then take down these heavy bars yeah, and, and open the, it yeah, up? Make the grogs do it exactly. Okay, the two grogs take the uh, latch off the the two doors and as they begin to pull them open you hear the sudden stirring of what sounds like animals within the barn and a tremendous galloping comes from within and the doors go crashing open and two extremely distraught and emaciated plow horses come crashing through the doors over the two grogs and begin running out into the fields oh I would like to attempt to cast Soothe the Ferocious Bear. Okay. In order to calm at least one of them down. Let me see if I can do that from some distance here. Yeah, okay. So I can do at least one of them. Okay. Calms an animal until it is threatened or aroused again. I must speak soothingly or musically to it, and something as simple as approaching it may arouse it again. So level 10, I have a plus 10. Shall I roll? Well, it seems there at least be some stress since they're running past us yeah, and trapping yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. So there definitely yeah. needs to be the risk of a stress. Yeah, spread. and they are yeah, they are they are basically among you at this point. Yeah. So I, I don't want to spook our own horses. Second. I wanna I wanna keep everybody calm. And they're not completely um without harness or whatever. They have, you know, they have basic kind of um rope around them and such. So okay. well here's the result of my stress die. An eight, so I have an eighteen over a ten target. So 
I hope we get to soothe one of them. Okay. Uh, yeah, one of one of them runs a few feet past you, and then it slows to a trot, and then it basically starts to um, nuzzle and smell at the uh, scrub kind of grass on the ground and just starts to uh, eat. Oh, good. The other continues to flee towards the tree line. Okay. One new horse for us, perhaps. Nice. They're probably mainly just hungry. Um, is there anything else in the barn? We'll have I'll have Griffith uh, look in there. <laughs> uh, and Niall will look to see to make sure the grogs are okay. The horse is quite emaciated, so he's probably not it's probably not much use as a service animal to you. But inside there's just kind of utter chaos in there. There's straw scattered everywhere. There's animal dung all over the walls and floors. And there are some cattle in there, but there's just these bloated corpses of cattle sagging from their stanchions where they've clearly just all died of neglect. Hmm. No sign of people in here, in here, clearly? No. Hmm. Shall we look in the houses, the hovels, for signs of humanity? Sure, who wants to do that? I will. Bertrand's going to take a look. Go yep. for it. Okay. Tell this has come back and is sitting on my shoulder. I'm sure Luke Guy would be interested. I thought you have an animal and he's got an owl, so that's pretty cool. He'd be interested. Let's go to the first one. Okay, the first hovel that uh, Bertrand goes into, has it's got a dirt floor and a thatched roof. There's no internal architecture at all, except mm -hmm. for a ragged curtain dividing the central room into two halves. And in front of this curtain is a roughly built coffin oh. with two black wax tapers at either end. The coffin is sized for a child mm. and has a small brass plaque on it. What does the plaque say? It's in vulgar Latin and it says, John, my only son. And despite its somewhat crude construction, it clearly cost more than any peasant family or most peasant families could afford. I assume the candles are long burned out. They are. Okay. Can I take a peek at the coffin? Try to lift the lid? That's a, Oof. Quite, quite sacrilegious, but... Um, well, um, Bertrand's kind of a, a bumbling yeah. doofus. Yes! So. <laughs> you can certainly open the coffin if you want. I... I um, okay, I know I will, I will not disturb the dead, but I will sort of knock on the top the coffin. Okay. Yep. Yeah. No. No one knocks back. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're good there. Can we? Uh, I'd like to uh, go through the curtain to the other partition. As you open the curtain, you see what you assume must have been this dead child's mourners. Mm -hmm. Their bodies crouch in various postures of death. How many? Around a rotting funeral meal. There's half a dozen. Okay. So they were actually eating, and they and they're dying, and they're and they're like they seem to have died in frozen place in contorted positions. Here, they mm. look like they were feeding themselves on spoiled, rotten food. There's dried vomit all over the table. It is not a pretty sight. How are they dressed? Are they just in peasant attire? They're just in or... absolute. They're in peasant attire. Yes. Okay, I was just checking because you said the coffin was. Definitely more extensive than what you would expect. Yeah. 
though it clearly looks like you know they it was a well-loved child and they basically must have given everything they had to construct to get this coffin made for him i don't think there's anything more to see here well unfortunately uh, i need bertrand to make a stamina roll for me uh-oh okay this sounds terrible um you'll be fine okay it's an eight okay thank you what do you guys want to do next oh well, no, so nothing happened <laughs> maybe maybe not don't worry about it what's the worst that could happen nothing uh I nothing will happen no that would never happen Okay, well, all right, carry on then. I'm leaving the house. Would it be worth it for me to attempt to summon the spirits of the recently departed? I can do this spell if I am on the spot where the person died or I have the corpse. So we have both Ooh, of them. I just here. came out of a I, I just came out of a place where there's all sorts of corpses. Right. And, well, I figured and, a, and a coffin. Yeah. <laughs> Would it be worth it to endeavor to do that? It would be wildly entertaining. Yeah, I well, think, and I took all this damn spirit magic, and I've never gotten to use any of it. Okay, yeah, so use it. So target of 40, I have a plus 30 bonus. So so this is formulaic casting. So casting score plus die roll. Roll simple die if not under pressure. Oh, okay. You're not under pressure. So it is. It is. So straight up one die 10 plus yep. 30. Here yep. come. Nice. 40. You got it exactly. All right. So, calls up a person's ghost. Who are you casting this on? So, just on the roomful of grown-ups there. Are you? Um, does it? Does this work on like a group of ghosts? Let's see. I get well, no. It calls up a. It says singular. Calls up a person's right. ghost. And he's just covering the whole room. And yeah, and it and does so cover an arc get one. for some reason. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I'm hoping for the like. I guess the the one that's the most or the least departed from this realm. Oh, and it says, okay. those burned by church ceremony and those who've gone straight to heaven, saints and crusaders, aren't available. But normal folk wait for a time before going on. Uh, crusaders go straight to heaven. I love that. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so good. In Hilarious. ours, as in life. Yeah. Okay. So the um, and you're in the you're in the the room that the the hovel that Bertrand. I guess I would, yeah, I think I would. It would be best if I saw them. Yeah, even though I may take yeah, a disease role. Yeah, and you, um, you see the spirit of a peasant farmer appear standing next to the wooden coffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he appears to be a man, probably in his early thirties. Niall isn't great with people. Like, does anybody want to take the lead in the conversation, or I could have Griffith do it since that's more his gig. But I'm op- like, if anybody wants to step in here, uh, this is his spirit. It's not a human anymore. Well, yeah, but I mean, you still have to interact with them. I don't. I would have to cast a separate spell to like coerce them. Okay, uh, so I'm actually going to have an exposed to disease, Griffith do the questioning since he's more of a people person with this plus three communication and he asks uh the spirit what happened to you and your family and fellow villagers a great sickness came upon us all firstly with the animals and then the children and the old and then all of us uh and how long ago did this come to pass this must have been no more than Five weeks? Hmm. Had anything changed in the village before the sickness started? Were there portents or omens or other strange transformations? 
Riders from the town to the south. People fleeing. Fleeing the same sickness? They brought the sickness to us. They died in the streets and in the fields. No one mm. seemed to leave the valley. They all just died around us. And then we died. Did you have any wise woman or healer who lives in the nearby woods or in the village with you? None. Damn. I was hoping somebody might have a line on that bitter cane. Any other questions people want to hear answers to from the awesomely summoned spirit? Um, no. <laughs> hmm. Friend, we will lay all of your bodies to rest. Is there anything else you can tell us before your spirit departs again? Leave this place, lest you all suffer the same fate as us. All right. Okay, that's all I got. We will let his spirit go uh, and leave. So we're not exactly Christian, but we're not exactly not Christian. I mean, we would want to see the bodies disposed of properly, wouldn't we? At some point. I think that's more than we could handle. Probably right not now. a top priority now, but yeah. Well, this confirms the tale from the night. Uh, this disease spread and spread quickly. There are two more hovels that can be investigated. Yeah, let's have a look. Is this Simon of Yerbiton is having a peek? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this hut contains only the sweet smell of bloated corpses. Yeah. yeah. Strangely, the hovel itself is completely vacant. On the straw on the floor, there are drag marks as though perhaps the corpses were dragged out of here. Back towards the door? Yeah. Okay. As if someone removed them, maybe for burial. All right. Maybe for burial. Right. Okay, that's good enough for me. There is one hovel left. You can either check it or chuck it. I don't care. Uh, have a look. Simon? Sure. Okay. The door here, as it creaks open and you peer inside, you see a cloaked figure sitting with his back to you. And in his hands, he appears to be consulting a roll of parchment. And the paper rustles in his hands. Hello. He doesn't respond. Excuse me? Still does not respond. Okay. Approach. Slowly. Is he moving at all? Like, you said the paper's rustling. Is it like... Yeah, it's just that you just see the paper rustling in his hands. There doesn't seem to be... So the hands aren't moving. He's not acknowledging you in any way. Are the, are the hands moving? Is, is like... you, can't, you can't see his hands because his, his back is to you. Okay. Come around so I can see him from the front. Oh, uh, he dead. Yeah, I thought so. His eyes have just, like, turned to complete rotten jelly and run down his, his face. The plague clearly just killed him where he sat. And then you notice that the wind howls down the chimney here and causes the parchment in his hand to rustle. And what's on the parchment? Go ahead and take it. The parchment is in Latin. In the name of Mary and the saints, I hereby confer my blessing against disease and against the foul conjurations of the convict Gilbert de Vere, who shall die in his crime. William Ellis, Bishop of Whitchurch. Well, that didn't work. So I have a spell actually similar to the one that Niall used called Whispers Through the Black Gate. They have such great names. I know. So <laughs> good. So uh, I can talk to one corpse, and the limitations are actually very similar. You can speak through the barrier, the figurative gate that stands between the dead and the living, to one corpse that has not yet decayed into a skeleton. The corpse cannot have been buried in church burial, nor have belonged to a spirit that went straight to heaven, for example, a saint or a crusader. The spirit that you speak with is not compelled to tell the truth. 
You can, of course, find ways to coerce or trick it into doing so. All those around you can hear the voice of the corpse. More than one way to talk to a dead person. Yeah, apparently. Is this a stressful situation? I would say not. Okay, in which case, uh, I have a plus 19, and this is a level 15 spell, so I will pass it. Your spell succeeds. All right. Are you William Ellis? How does this work again? Does his corpse reanimate? No, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't say that it reanimates. Just that I can oh, everybody no, can hear it, the voice. No, it totally does. Okay. <laughs> the corpse reanimates. So um, it still sits there, but, you know, the head flings back and it's just these empty eye sockets. And it opens its mouth and its lower jaw just falls off. And it stares at you and says, um, I be not William Ellis. He be the Bishop of Whitchurch. I am just a simple peasant. I implored Bishop for a blessing against the plague, and the Bishop gave me this ward. But the ward did not work. Who is Gilbert de Vere? Gilbert de Vere? I do not know. Be he a brother or some of Baron de Vere? Perhaps so. It appears that some in this... Some of your villagers died very quickly. The lucky ones died quickly. Those that took the plague in the lungs did die most quickly. It was a blessing for them. The others did not fare so well. And yourself, may I ask? Oh, I'm grand. <laughs> <laughs> did you succumb quickly? I knelt here and prayed that the Lord would intercede on my behalf. But surely I must have done some wickedness, for the Lord did not answer my prayers. Thank you for your time. May you rest easy. Leave this place. I keep hearing that. Yep. Simon's going to need to make a stamina roll. Stamina. Oof. Not good. Unless rolling a one is excellent. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that that's not going to be a problem. No. All right. Should we gather and share our notes of what we've learned? Mm -hmm. I learned it should burn. Maybe something to that. William St. John seems very tense here and clearly does not want to be here. Yes, let's move on from the village, I suppose. But will things be any different at the Covenant? Very. But the How plague hit them, affected them there as well. William says, I fear these sights are nothing compared to what may await you at the Covenant. I mean, seriously, though, should it burn? Uh, we can always come back and burn it later if we need to. We could always burn it now if we need to, too. <laughs> I do think Alwyn makes a very good point in the soon-to-be-discovered realm of hygiene here. Oh. <laughs> but yes, I, I like the idea of pit fires. Is this an arc of fiery ribbon, guys, or a ball of abysmal flame? <laughs> ball of abyssal flame seems like a little much. But Is that's that, just like, going to take out the county? <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty big. It's, it's big. I'd like to do Arc of Fiery Ribbons then, I guess. Plurg 25 plus 41. I think I auto-hit. Arc of Fiery Ribbons. A dozen multi-hued ribbons of flame leap from your hands and fly out as far as your voice carries. So yeah, I just want to stand outside the town and hit each building with a, with a fiery ribbon or two. It says all those in the arc take a plus 10 damage so i assume everyone is standing everybody should should beyond, be behind me if they yeah. 60 degrees of you <laughs> oh man I'm just, if i can get a little bit up above it oh yeah 
The flames leap from your hands into all of the surrounding building. And within moments, the entire hamlet is engulfed in flame. Nice. All right, we can head home. Our work here is done. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> no, we've got to make it all the way to the sea, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the ball of abysmal flame only hits one target. But it hits it but hard. It, do, it does do plus 30 damage. So. Okay, so you're standing um, on this road surrounded by all of these burning hovels. Oh, what is, it with, what is it with you and Sherman? My God, man. Well, should we move onward to the Covenant yeah. now? I would sure like to have some kind of protection against this plague, but there just isn't anything. Okay, so you begin to move further along the road, just past these these burning hovels. And in the time that has passed, you know, the morning fog and mists have begun to clear and you can get a better view of the valley before you. So I have just put up a map in the far distance that's probably still for five miles, you can see the towers of the taller buildings in the town of Whitchurch. That's about four and a half, five miles to the south. And to the west of that, you see a castle overlooking and some other buildings strewn across the valley. About a mile and a half in front of you over open meadows is a bridge crossing a stream. There are a number of hunting trails leading off the road from where you currently are to the west of you. And they lead off into these fens and marshes to the west. And slightly to the southwest of you through the trees, like densely forested trees to the south southwest of you, you can see the upper portion of the needle spire of the Advis Per Veritas Covenant. So even though they were hearing explosions, the Covenant apparently still stands. That's good. Yeah. Or hasn't been reduced to rubble anyway. Right. That bridge to the south of you is probably about one and a half, two miles. And between that and the hovels behind you, there's just an expanse of common fields and they spread southwest towards the tree line, towards a covenant. And then there are those hunting paths going off leading into swamps. All right. Niall gathers up with the other mages and says, uh, how should we proceed? I think we should go straight to the covenant. I agree with Niall. Flamey Joe? I'm here for that. Okay, Niall goes along with the consensus, because he's that kind of guy. Nips would advise that desperate times make for desperate men, and we should be on our guard as we approach the bridge. Probably wise. And she's probably watching those game trails to the left and the right pretty pretty close. If she's watching the game trails, she, um, she does detect some movement out further along those trails, out towards the marshes. Or at least she thinks she does. I would pass that info on to our woodsman friend. Nips isn't completely incompetent, but she's a little bit more... Hey again, then what we should be paying attention to? The hunting trails, you think? Yeah, we're. I, I saw a movement up there. Oh. Can you make out anything? The guy sends Orla up ahead to check out. She'll be able to tell you what it is. Okay, so are you waiting for her to come back? Yeah, oh, patience okay. is a virtue. We should slowly move along as normal. Okay. Sure. 
Orla comes back and tells you that she saw several people wandering along the hunting paths in the fens. Does uh, Lugai sense that we might be in any immediate danger from them? Like, this movement is, like, right next to the road. They could they could ambush us. No, they're, um, you know, that looks like it's probably a half a mile or so out. Mm-hmm. The movement that they noticed was far enough away that there would be no immediate threat. Okay. Lugai suggests that we, uh, we stick to our, we, we stick to our, not plan, but we stick to our, like, our mission for now. And not concern ourselves with these people, unless we have to. Alwyn's here for that. Yeah. Okay. If we have to deal with them, I'd rather be closer to the Covenant. Mm-hmm. Agreed. If we can put the bridge between us and them, I can make sure that they can't follow us. He offers with a completely neutral tone. No. We, we might need to cross the bridge again. <laughs> I'll burn the water. Uh. We'll just evaporate it for a minute. No worries. Well, okay, next time we cross it. Okay. Deal? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to hold you guys to that. We'll keep our options open. Mm-hmm. Okay. Convoy ho? Yeah. Okay. Nips, being an outlaw leader, might know some of the ne'er-do-wells of the area. She'll have to keep that in mind. Okay. You move along the road, and you um, finally come to uh, the fork, we will call it. And as you get closer to the dream, you realize that it's not a bridge at all, but that the road here crosses just a marsh of muddy rivulets and there are just several well-worn logs stretched over it forming makeshift bridges enough that we think we can roll the wagons um yes there's like there's sufficient you know logs on there it's like because from a distance it looked like a full bridge to you so they span the the width of the of the path here so you could make it across with those and then, you know, this area here is also, it's quite muddy and swampy, as you can see where the the fens are actually starting to encroach here. And there's just dead dumps of trees all around. So that road continues over those those logs. Once you, if you got across those, you can continue on down into Whitchurch and the southern part of the map. Then this smaller easterly track quickly becomes surrounded by dense forest and trees and it just basically vanishes you lose sight of it as soon as it goes in there yeah so we don't even need to cross the bridge to get to the covenant if i'm reading the map right no okay yeah so take that turn off and head toward the covenant yeah i think so yeah okay i think so okay name me a grog owl Howl? Okay. Why? Bad choice. As your wagon train turns eastwards and begins heading in towards the dense woods, you hear a sudden thunk of an arrow, and Howl tumbles from his wagon, an arrow wow. lodged firmly in his left eye. Ooh, not his Howl. left eye. Oh, not good. That sounds like instant death. You um see what appears to be a... A robber or a vagabond of some sort had hidden himself in the hollow of a tree near the road. Is there any sort of robber, vagabond, pigeon language that Nips could call out to identify herself as a member of the ne'er-do-wells? Are you asking me? Yes. 
sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Can you ask, sorry, can you ask <laughs> sorry. me again? I'm saying uh, Nips as a outlaw leader, would there be a code word or or some equivalent to Thieves Cant that she could uh, try to shout out to this guy to be like, hey, I'm a thief too, don't fuck with me. Because otherwise Alwyn will just swall a uh, ball of abyssal flame him. Does somebody have a non-flammable thing to knock somebody out of a tree with <laughs> in the middle of the woods here? <laughs> Only you could stop magical forest fires. Unseen arm? I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds promising. I don't actually know what it does. <laughs> I like the sound of it. This person's got a bow, right? In their hand? Yes. So unseen arm is pretty low level. It slowly moves a non-living thing. Do you have uh, anything no, that sounds more no. violent? Well, I've got, yes. wait, I've Hands fist of, of shattering. Earth. Fist of shattering you've got. While you're discussing this, you can see that the vagabond is attempting to knock another No, 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 no. Arrow. No, 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 no. Okay. Oh, hold on. Saves, please. How about, hold on. on. I got it. I got, but I want to tell uh, her about one of her spells. Fist All of right. shattering, an object of yes. stone or weaker material up to a pace across, breaks apart like a bow or a branch. <laughs> so we're going to break the tree? The branch or the bow. I don't know. I'm just letting you know what your spells are. <laughs> He's ensconced himself in um, like a ho- in the in the hollow of a tree. So it All is right. he is basically kind of sur- he has surrounded himself by by the wood of the tree. So that right. would be a good. good OK, one. what's the spell? Fist of shattering. Herodotarum. OK, so you can't affect the tree then. I can't. No, because the tree is hair bomb. Oh, but how about the bow? Uh, the bow is hair bomb. Yeah. Oh. How about that, hands of the grasping earth? He's not on the he's not on the ground. Uh, so this is why I'm trying to say I have the spell it's level yeah, five. I, I don't have anything. He actually is on the ground. He is. Oh, in you said the, he was he in is, the. Oh. He is in a hollow tree. Oh. So I'm going to say that his feet are on the ground. He is in the hollow of this tree. This tree is oh, okay. hollowed out. Oh, here I thought he was like up, like ten or twenty feet off the ground in a tree. No, he's not that high. Okay. Okay. Hands of grasping earth. He's just obscured by the bark of the tree. So I was going to cast Dance of the Staves. Causes any not any long, thin, non-living wooden object to bend and lash about wildly, and then a whirling staff strikes its holder. So you really don't go. want Jenny to cast a spell, huh? No, okay. she can. Well, he's got a better spell, though. <laughs> we'll, we'll save my spells for later. All right. It's okay. I'm I'm still learning how to do this, so I'm 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 happy for for Damon to. Cast some flying staves. All right. Stave on, Stavey. These aren't mutually exclusive things. I could do that and Ooh. there could be hands of the grasping earth. These aren't mutually exclusive. So I'm going to go well, ahead and cast that. Do you want just, me to go ahead and cast it? Grasping yeah. Earth? Again, these aren't mutually exclusive. Just let me get my spell off and then okay. you can do yours as well. All right. Well, 11 is plenty. I only needed five. So he's going to take plus four damage. Nice. I can roll the one. Okay, you got a one. You actually, is 21 <laughs> enough to get your spell off? It says that it's a 15. Yeah. More than enough to get it off. More than enough. So doubling isn't going to help you in any way. So you get the spell off. And what happens? Whatever the effects of the spell say. The hands of the grasping earth pull uh, him down. You got uh, okay. Earthen hands from beneath the target rise out of the ground and grasp the target's ankles. To break free requires a strength stress roll of 15 plus one attempt allowed per round. Each hand can be destroyed by beating its plus 25 soak roll and inflicting a light wound. So yeah, it would yank him down to the ground by the ankles, it looks like. Nice. <laughs> Very good. 
<laughs> while while uh, while Simon's stays yeah. flail about him. <laughs> while his own bow is beating him about the head and face. Nice. nice. I like I like this. This is good. Exactly. Why why only do one thing is was my So this bandit or whatever is this gravely injured and now <laughs> secured to the dirt floor of the forest by these um binding um roots and such. Alright. Okay. It's getting to be nine fifteen and maybe Cam just wants to ball of abysmal flame. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I don't want a ball of abyssal flame him. <laughs> But it seems, and scanning around, he's the only one. Yeah, he appears. That seems to be the only really one. dumb for him to take a, a pot shot at this big of a group. Yeah. You don't right. see anybody like, else. That feels suspicious to me. I think we need right. to talk to him. Yeah, Lukai is immediately going to start sniffing around the immediate area. So he and Orla go off and start investigating to make sure this is literally the only guy here. Yeah, um, as as you do that, you see some other figures scurry away into the undergrowth ah. on the far side of the stream. Okay, uh, I'll give chase for a few minutes. Who's giving chase here? Right now, Lugai. Oh, okay. I keep seeing, I keep seeing the bird. So yeah, the bird's with him. You pursue, but you lose sight of them. Okay, rather quickly. So yeah, do we want to talk to our now captured? lad while that chase is going on go for it uh does anybody have any questions they'd want to ask i can have is anybody particularly intimidating i mean i the feel fuck, like bro he's... that'd What's be my that? first question the fuck bro yeah <laughs> uh, bertrand is very 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 much not intimidating so <laughs> with a silly magpie tailored costume and everything charm carouse i could do part of a good hey bro you want to do a good cop bad cop can you be bad cop yes Oh, you're okay, a good cop. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got my charm is is I have a three in charm. So mm -hmm. you have a three in charm, and a nice old Bertrand only has two. <laughs> I've got five in charm, but I'm turning that off now. Ooh, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use my guile on this one. Okay. Otherwise, and... I well no. What's your guile? Four. Okay, I have a three in guile. So okay. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. So Griffith will say. Varlet, why did you ambush us, and why should we keep you alive for more than a minute? And I say, whoa, 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 guy, take it easy there. <laughs> Can I get you something to drink? You want a, a tea or a water, or we just need to ask you some questions, okay? I'll tell you what, <laughs> my brother here, he's going to ask you a couple questions. I'll be right back with that water for you. And then... <laughs> this is good. I like this. Okay. He just glares at you and he says, I'm saying nothing to you, people. Do you know who we are? Easy pickings by the look of you. You attacked us all by yourself or did you have friends who scampered away? I'm saying nothing to you, people. <laughs> all right, then. I'm just a poor peasant man trying to make a living in hard times. Can I make a roll to try to see if I think he's being honest here or if he's hiding something? Possibly guile or awareness or shit. Does somebody have a spell to like just get the truth out of somebody? Um, weirdly enough, I palm of flame, <laughs> <laughs> fist of shattering, no. <laughs> beast of outlandish size. <laughs> that would actually be a good one. Scare him. So yeah, at this point, Nips comes back with like some. I'm assuming we have some sort of ale or wine along, right? Yeah, I assume we'd have that in our like. Yeah. A glass of that and some, you know, smoked pheasant wings or whatever. What? Um, Why does he get the smoked pheasant wings? We can all smoke pheasant wings. 
You get some tapeworm. You guys don't know how good cop, bad cop works. I need to have a good cop so he can be the bad cop. Yeah, so as you're reaching out a pheasant wing, I'll grab it out of your yeah, hand. Yeah, you can grab it away. Myself, the old yeah. grab and eat it myself. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so what would be a good role for seeing if I could see if this guy's lying and like here for something other than just random? I mean, who the hell would be waiting here in the midst of plague land to rob people who aren't coming past? This doesn't, his story doesn't add up. Oh, wait a minute. Niall's going to step up and do posing the silent question. There we go. Uh, a silent question and detect the answer from the person. Okay. So I'd say I've got a plus 20. It's a target 20. So I just don't want to roll a zero. Six. Okay. I'm going to look up posing the silent question to make sure I'm not just making shit up here. I got to remember to look at my spells. I can ask one silent mental question of the target, then detect the answer. The truth of the answer is limited by the knowledge of the target. Target of the spell does not notice the questioning unless he or she makes a magic resistance roll. Okay, uh, so I'm going to pose the silent question, why did you attack us? I'd hoped my brothers would aid me. We'd watched you for the last hour, but they chickened out at the last minute and just fled when they saw you use your damn magic against me. Okay, so this is in, I like hearing his thought or his like thought to the answer of my question. Sure. So it's, but I'm getting the impression that this was just a robbery gone awry. Yes. Okay. All right. So Niall shares that with the company. Like, yes, this was just what it seemed a random, desperate bandit with uh, friends who fled uh, at the sight of, your ma of our magic. Hmm. Which technically we're not supposed to do that in front of people, but what are you going to do? Well, who's going to listen to a bunch of bandits? Right. I was worried about it. Sam. I feel we've probably sufficiently scared them off. I don't think there's any point chasing them down right now. Yeah. I think when the good Lord God closes a door, he opens a window. I think we might have found ourselves a new shield grog here. <laughs> You're going to trust him? Yeah, I don't know if I'd trust him. We won't have to trust him. Yeah, we do. We just have to scare him. You know, he's a desperate man. He may be willing to listen, but, I mean, terrifying somebody into saying... Oh, no, it's not this. I mean, he either picks up that armor, or he can, you know, die here. Mm -hmm. It's up to him. Well, right now he's fastened to the ground. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't really well, have much of an option. Are you, go are you going to try and hire him? Yeah, um, give me... You haven't exactly. It's, it's, it's more of a more of a more of a conscription than a hiring. I think is what's happening here. Yeah, but do we really want somebody resentful and going to turn on us? I mean, all these plebes are. <laughs> okay. Many of them are loyal servants. <laughs> you know, once he's getting fed and housed, he might be uh, perfectly fine with that. So you could have a point there. So that's what you're going to do. You're going to get him to his feet. I mean, he is injured, so he will mm -hmm. require healing. I got to find one. That may also make him more amenable to you. So is that what you're going to do? You're going to you're going to take him and I assume bind him or whatever for the time being and bring him along. I suppose. I don't know. It's up to you. I was just throwing an idea out there. I'm if if someone wants to advocate for something else. Oh, we let yeah, him go. Yeah, I I think yeah, just disarm him and Tell him to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Never trouble us again. Bold choices there, guys. <laughs> Wait, what if we cut him in half and just have his legs service? Oh! Whoa! Whoa. Wrong game. Uh -huh. 
Oh we, yeah, wrong. We, we can still just cure his legs. There can be only one legsy. <laughs> He's waiting on an exotic island for you right now with drinks. I can't wait. Different characters, different game. <laughs> so, um, so is that the consensus? You're going to let him go? I think so. Yeah. Removing all the weapons from him. You remove all of his weapons, and yeah, uh, yeah, he spits in the dirt at you, and he uh, staggers off back towards the stream. Just before he's out of range of my voice, arc of fiery ribbons. <laughs> <laughs> like as he runs away, just just as he's about to disappear over the horizon. <laughs> no, I'm not. That'll learn it. I won't do that. Okay, so do you continue on into the woods? Yeah, toward the Covenant. Okay, so you go through the woods, and it's it's quite dark. The tree cover is, is quite dense, and you remain vigilant for any further attacks, but none happen. The track starts to um, wend its way upwards through hills, and as you start making your way upwards, you, you begin to notice fragments of glass and wood and shredded manuscripts and smashed boxes all over the hill just surrounding you and eventually you come to a clearing and there is a just a wall of sheer granite before you and at its center is a large cave and within the cave you can see a set of spiral stairs have been hewn from the granite into the mountainside itself and as you look upwards above the tree line you see the needle spire of the advis Veritas covenant and i'm going to leave it right there yeah, that's a good time to spot yeah it's actually yeah. beautiful